Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the new year. It is 2017, everyone. So some of you may have made some resolutions. I don't make New Year's resolutions. I just enact things throughout the year, and then I kind of take stock of them throughout the year and say, where am I at? What do I want to do? Do my goals still fit? Kind of look at that at the beginning of the new year, and my guest today is going to help us do that even more. She was supposed to be on the show in November, and in November, I I broke my foot and then proceeded to uh, tear a couple of ligaments and tendons in my wrist. So um, we had to postpone a couple of shows, and I think it's kind of fortuitous that we had to postpone Stacy Tushel um, until now instead of when the original plan was to have her because it's even more important to be talking about focus and strategy and self-doubt and how you can get confidence um, at the beginning of the year. So my guest today is T- Stacy Tushel. She is the founder of an awesome podcast, the Business Rescue Podcast, but she created the Business Rescue Roadmap. And her story is kind of fascinating to me because I've had a love of dance my entire life. Um, I will never call myself a dancer, but I used to love to dance, just go to clubs and dance. She was a professional and had a school. And uh, Stacy's going to share with us how she went from starting out doing dance in her backyard and creating a school to seven figures and more. So, Stacy, welcome to the show. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting because I, I love dance, right? And right now I'm sitting here in the studio with a walking boot on, and, uh, you know, it's been on for eight weeks, and I have to go see the ortho today to find out if there's tears in my ankle, and that's why it's not healing fast enough. And then I've got my wrist in like this whole big brace contraption. <laughs> and uh, and all I'm thinking about is, oh, wouldn't it be so great to dance around and move? <laughs> so uh, Yeah, I, well, I can only imagine because for having just even your hand or your foot and then having both, I can only imagine how difficult that's been. Well, thankfully, they're both on my left side and I'm right-sided okay. dominant. So. <laughs> Okay, good. That's like one, yeah, one perk at least out of that. Exactly. You know, you always have to, I always look for the one positive in whatever Uh negative is going on. But I have a a question for you. How did dance prepare you for the path that you've chosen to take with Business Rescue Roadmap and and all the other things you're doing with your life in addition to being a mom? Yeah, that's a great question. And for me, I guess my story started just because dance was my passion. I really, I loved it. It was something that I didn't want to give up as I was heading into college. So I decided, okay, let's start a competitive middle school dance team because I had just been on the high school dance team and there was really nothing in our area that was competing with middle schoolers. So I said, okay, let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's see if anybody does this. Um, And I had 17 kids that first year that committed to doing it because they were excited um, little did I know that that my passion of teaching dance would turn into what is now a seven-figure business. Um, I still currently own it, and we have two locations in the Milwaukee area. So it's pretty incredible um, what has come out of just something that was really a passion and, and a childhood passion. Um, I don't dance anymore because there's just so many other things going on in life and my businesses, and I love the business side of it. 
but it is so amazing to me that I was able to take something from my childhood that I absolutely adored and loved and was pretty much obsessed with from day to night. Um, and now I get to still do it and give that back to other children who were just like me that just loved it. I always thought of dance as business as a kind of dance, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, you're constantly having to work with the beat of what's happening on in your business. But looking at where's the next step, where do you need to place yourself on the stage to make sure you don't fall off and all those other pieces. So it's like a, a in its own way, it's its own choreography, its own ballet. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I actually teach because that is my background. I will teach certain things about this. So, for instance, ballet is the foundation of dance, right? Everybody always says, you know, you have to have that ballet instruction. You need that technique. And that is the exact same way with business. You know, there are systems and foundations and structures that need to be built in our business. And without that, you can really see what business is going to be very, very successful, just like you can look at a dancer and go, she's got what it takes. She's going to make it big. So, yeah, there's a lot of similarities um, when you're talking about building, you know, whether it's a beautiful dancer and building this really successful business that is going to really take you where you want it to go. All right. Now, you said you can look at a dancer and say she's got what it takes or look at one and go, not going to make it. In business, Mm -hmm. what are some of those things that you look at somebody that's coming to you for assistance and say they have it or they don't? Yeah. So for me, one is really mindset because it's not like I'll look at somebody and go, oh, it's a one woman show. They're, you know, they're just doing this or they're just doing that. If you really believe and and are teachable and understand, okay, I've got to build a team, you know, I can't do this myself. There's no way you're going to, you're going to run a successful business and feel good about your time management and your productivity. You really need to have people on board as well. So it's a lot about that person's beliefs and their mindset. And do they really, do, do they look at a successful business and go, okay, I will be teachable here and I will learn from somebody really, really great and implement these things. Does your mindset always have to be perfectly on? Can it blip? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I think that mindset is something that you're going to constantly be working on because you break through different um, plateaus or different levels, right? So your mindset in the beginning, starting from scratch, you don't even know if you technically believe that somebody will even pay $9 for something very, very simple from you, right? Um, I always say to my clients who are just starting out, you will have this amazing feeling when somebody buys something, even if it's like a $7 item, right? It just feels so good to know somebody wants your item. But then all of a sudden, you're, you're at this mindset of, but I could never make 50000 or I could never charge that. And then when you charge that and you hit those milestones, now it's going, okay, but what about this number? Could I hit six figures? Could I hit mid six figures? You know, could I hit seven figures? Now I'm at a million. Could I, could I hit two? You know, it's always that mindset and that belief. It's changing because you're breaking through different plateaus and different milestones throughout your journey. Thinking about what you just said, it, it, the question that comes to mind is for my listeners out there who, you know, it's the beginning of the year, they're thinking, oh, I, I, I need to set some resolutions, I need to set some new goals. Around goals, you know, and, and we come, you and I both come from very similar backgrounds in terms of the way we work with our clients based on, you know, all the research I did with you on you and, and all the other stuff. But, but here's my question. When somebody is setting their goal, 
do they set it at, I want a seven-figure business, or do they need to set something lower that's more achievable and then take themselves up to that seven-figure when they're just starting out? Yeah, I think it depends on time frame because you can be a complete newbie starting from scratch and say, I'm going to have a seven-figure business. The question I'm going to ask you is, but by when, right? Because that could be 100% realistic for you in five years or whatever mark that is. Um, But is it going to be happening this year? Like I would never want you to set a huge goal that you know is so out of your reach for this year specifically. Um, But it it should go on that journey of where you want to be in, you kind of like paint that picture. Where do you want to be in five years, 10 years from now? And what do we need to do this year to get you there specifically? So I set really, really big goals that I would say, People would think are not realistic, but they stretched me and they and they really pushed me to figure out who do I need on my team and what do I need to do? Kind of like the phrase of what got you here won't get you there. So we've got to change some things up for this year, because if we have these big goals, what do we need to change in order to get there? I, I love that you talk about change in terms of getting there, because so many people forget that. They just think I need to add yeah. stuff, right? I'm just going to add yeah. more and more things, yeah. but sometimes you need to change. Some, sometimes what are some questions? take away, right? right. Mm-hmm. Not just add, but sometimes we need to just take things off our plate, and that's going to be amazing, too. Yeah, change can go in so many different directions, but you have to be willing to do it. Mm-hmm. So what's a question somebody should ask themselves when they're looking at their business right now to say, here's the goal I want to set. How do they go about doing that? So for, for me, for instance, what I do is I set a yearly goal. And, and I, I shouldn't say just one. I mean, I have about 10 yearly goals that I set in all different categories. So I, I'm looking at, you know, business goals. I'm looking at like health, spiritual, you know, just a little bit of everything, fitness. Um, But when I'm looking at my business goals specifically, and I've got these big goals that I'm looking to achieve, now I break them down into 90-day goals. And that has been something I've been doing for probably a little over a year. And I have been so productive and have just seen these huge breakthroughs. And I really feel like the 90-day goals has been helping me do way more and way faster. Like I'm setting yearly goals And I would achieve them at the end of the year. But now when I'm setting 90-day goals, they feel like just as big, but I'm getting them done in 90 days. So you're breaking down your goals into smaller bite-sized pieces that let you see progress. Correct. Yeah. So, So for instance, and I'll just kind of break this down for you. If I my goal this year was to hit $100,000 in my business, then maybe quarter one is, okay, well, I want to hit $25,000. How can I do that? Now, not necessarily does it have to be broken down evenly because sometimes quarter one is all about foundational work and getting everything set up. And there might be so much to do that we don't even think about launching something until we're 90 days out. So you might make zero dollars in quarter one, but quarter two, you might hit 25 and the next quarter you might hit 50. So you can get there in different ways. Don't always think you have to divide it evenly by the amount of days you're working. Oh, that's a, that's a great way to, to think about it. So as we go into the first commercial break, everybody, we're here with Stacy Tushel, and we are talking about Business Rescue Roadmap and looking at how you can set your business up for success going into 2017. I'd like you to think about some things that Stacy just said. What is your goal for the year? Not, let's not even go further, bigger, five-year, 10-year. What is your goal for the year? And then on this commercial break, 
break it down into the first 90 days. What do you want to achieve in the first 90 days? And we'll be right back with more from Stacey Tushel. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. So, Stacy, um, we were talking during the break, and I, I love this because you and I had some similarities of things we had going into the end of the new year, we're talking about 90-day goals and things. So you just mentioned to me that you have rebranded your yeah. your work from Business Rescue Roadmap to She's Building Her Empire. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, and, you know, it was something that I struggled with. I knew I wanted to rebrand, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go. And it was a few months that it took me to come up with it and to figure out, okay, this is a good fit. And I think just even the verbiage going out, you know, business rescue, right? I'm, I was helping people with businesses that some of them didn't want to continue. And for me, I was going, this isn't the best fit. I want to work with people who want to build something, build something incredible and are excited and passionate about work. And when I switched the rebrand, I mean, everybody's coming to me going, this is amazing. I'm loving it. And it's the people that I really, truly want to work with. You know, it's a great conversation. Let's let's talk about that some more. The whole idea yeah. of rebranding. There's a lot of listeners out there that have started a business or are thinking about starting a business. And the ones who have businesses, they're like, you know, I'm just not in love with the name of it, but they're afraid mm-hmm. to change it because of the traction. Yeah. What do you what do you say to people that are thinking about doing it or looking to start a brand, what are some things they need to be thinking about? What are some questions they need to be asking themselves about their brand? Yeah. So that's a really great point about um, losing, you know, that visibility, right? People know me as Business Rescue Roadmap. I've been on a million podcasts saying that name and all of a sudden I'm going, ooh, but what if I lose those people, right? So a couple things here. First, like I said, some of those people weren't the right people that I really truly wanted to be working with. Um, and then another reason, too, is I'm attracting so many more people now with the new brand that I feel like it offsets that. So even if you think, okay, but I'm going to lose some, you will gain some as well. Uh, so And for me, I, I started to get really targeted because I was definitely working with some men. And now with She's Building Her Empire, it's exclusively a female entrepreneur thing. So it was a little scary and a little nervous for me to niche down even more. But I think it was really important, especially when I was going – who is my ideal client? Who do I really, really want to work with? And I went back and forth, you know, do I want it to be, um, you know, mother entrepreneurs, people who are, you know, having running households and running businesses. And I decided, no, I really think female entrepreneurs in general, because before I was ever a mom, I was an entrepreneur for 10 years. So there are a lot of things that I can help people with that aren't in that situation yet. But then obviously, yes, people that are moms, I can absolutely help with that productivity side as well. So I really didn't want to exclude anybody because I felt like I was niching down enough to this space in general. Have you changed your marketing and um, yeah. all the other pieces to make that, that fit along? And how did, you, how did you go about doing that? What was your thought yeah, processes? So I did. I did 100%. I mean, it looks like a brand new company. Uh, We picked out new logos, new colors, and everything was just taken up a level. Like I always say to people, sometimes you just need a little bit of a facelift in your business. You know, people love seeing 
changes when they can tell that you're growing and you're growing in a direction that they want to grow into as well. So we've, we've changed, I mean, even our social media posts, our graphics, everything, even my headshots, you know, I went from being, um, you know, kind of almost a little casual in some of my photos to now the new photos are like very glamorous, upscale, high level, because those are the people that, you know, they look at those pictures and they really are these high performers who want to be performing at that next level. And I wanted all of that to come across. So, yeah, I'm getting a new website. We changed the podcast name. I changed my Facebook group. So everything is just tied in together. And I just feel like this feels so consistent and cohesive. It just makes so much more sense. I want to reinforce that last thing you just said, consistent and cohesive. And I think the word that you didn't say that, if I may add this, and if it's authentic, this is who oh, you are now. This is you. You've morphed. You've grown. You've changed. You're recognizing who you're, who you are now, fully. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it's, I love that you said authentic because somebody just said to me, "Hey, I am loving what you're doing and your Facebook group. Would you mind if I copied all of those prompts and things like that?" And um, I said to this person, "I said, well, first, thank you." But the reason you love it is because it is authentic and it feels like me and it feels like my brand. And I said, I would love for you to get something that you love as much that's your own, right? Because if you're going to go and copy somebody else's thing that's very authentic, people will feel that it doesn't feel like you. Yeah, when I I have to get some new headshots and right now I have braces on and I'm like, oh my God, I want to get, I don't want to get headshots with braces. Should I Photoshop them out or not? And, you know, I, th- I think about it. It's like, what clothing do you wear for your headshot? That's authentically mm-hmm. you that you're comfortable in, right? So right, absolutely. for you, you said, in, and this is a good thing to be talking about, everybody, listeners, you're talking about headshots, but it's, it's how you're presenting yourself out to the world. If you're not mm-hmm. comfortable in a suit and it's not who you yeah. are and you're going to feel just confined in it, then you probably don't want to go after clients that all they do is wear suits. So your headshot needs to reflect right. you and your business and your personality, right, Stacy? Absolutely. And I, so funny, I bought one business suit thinking, this was a couple years ago, I was going to this really high-end event with all of these people that I knew were going to be uh, million-dollar brands and more. So I bought this really nice suit, and I felt so uncomfortable wearing it, I couldn't. I mean, there was no way I was going to walk in there wearing this because it just felt so not me, and it didn't feel authentic. So it's still sitting in my closet. It's one of those things that I need to get rid of. I've never worn it. I will never wear it because you really do have to bring out the best version of you. So even if you're somebody at home, I'm, I'm always wearing jeans and, you know, a sweater or tank top, depending on the weather here. But when you're in a headshot, in these photos, it should be the best version of you, right? So kind of think of um, how they even say, like, your Sunday best, right? Bring out that that version that's just a little bit higher than you would normally do because you'll want that to come across in those photos when you're reaching those people, but it still needs to be you. All right. Now, you, you changed your headshots. You changed all of your branding. Yep. Did anything change in the way you deliver your content? No, that's um, – well – Consistency, yes. So I, I structured everything much more. I did. It, it's the same content. I mean, I could have said something. I could pull videos from two months ago and restate them, and people would still think it, it fits. But it's the way that it's coming across, 
And now it's so structured, and I've got these series where, okay, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you can catch me on Facebook Live, and I actually will tell you what the series is about this week. So, for instance, next week is Mindset, and we're talking all about Mindset the entire week. So people know what's coming up, and they know what to expect, whereas before, I felt like I was a little bit more last minute, and this is so planned, but everything is very strategic. You know, there's a reason we're talking about Mindset, because the following week, it'll lead into something that makes sense with that specifically. So we already have our entire month of January content planned out and mapped out, ready to go. I love the word strategy. <laughs> my, my clients just get so frustrated with me because I'm like, we need yeah. to think strategically, not tactically. Right. First, we have to have the strategy, then we'll figure out the tactic to implement yeah. the strategy. Why is strategy so important? Well, I feel like with a strategy, it's kind of like picture a bow and arrow, right? You pull back and and that preparation, that is the preparation to really launch you forward and way farther than if you were to just pull very little and try to let that bow and arrow go, right? You want that arrow to shoot as far as it possibly can. And strategy is just that. It's all of that winding back and pulling it as far as you can so that when you let it go, your business will go so much further. All right, we're about to go into the national news right now. So what questions should my listeners be thinking about as they're on the news break? I would love for you to think about what does that preparation look like for you? What is that prep work we need to do over the next 90 days so that that arrow can really fly this year and hit those big goals in 2017? Okay, perfect. And everybody tweet out to at... Laura Stewart at the Laura Stewart, what you're thinking about. And Stacy, your Twitter handle? Yep, mine is just Stacy Tushel. Stacy Tushel. We'll be right back with more from It's All About the Questions and my wonderful guest, Stacy Tushel, founder of She's Building Her Empire, formerly Business Rescue Roadmap. Love that new branding. <laughs> She's building her empire. We are building an empire here for everybody who's listening man, woman, child, whoever you may be. We'll be right back with more. It's all about the questions. Welcome back, everyone. Whether you were listening on the podcast, this has been an instant break, but hopefully you pause to throw yourself that one question that my guest, Stacey Tushel, proposed to you, which is thinking about what your strategies are going forward for the new year and and what you need to do to prepare. Um, So, Stacey, we were talking during the break, and I, I really wish I could figure out a way for us to have all of those conversations just go live on the air, but the radio station's not equipped for it at this point in time. You know, we were talking about how you're rebranding from Business Rescue Roadback. Actually, you've rebranded to mm-hmm. the She's Building Her Empire, and I love it. And your focus is now female entrepreneurs. But you said something really fascinating to me because this is something I discovered for myself when I wrote the book, What Would a Wise Woman Do? And I realized all of my clients really are women, but I've always played in a man's world. You said you had a mental block, but then you realized something. Can you talk about that with the audience? Yeah, definitely. So I think anytime you're excluding somebody, and I, I deal with this with my coaching clients all the time, I'll say, okay, let's niche down, let's find your target. And I'll say, okay, what does your person do for a living? Are they an entrepreneur? Do they work a nine to five? You know, do they have a side job on the side? Like what's going on? And they'll say, well, it could be any of those people. They don't want to exclude somebody because they want to think I can help everybody. And that's how I was. I was thinking, well, why couldn't I help a man? Why couldn't I help a man in business? I absolutely could. But it's not about excluding. It's really just 
you know, kind of zoning in on the people that you can help the most. And not only that, but I'm building a community. So when I am building this community of female entrepreneurs, it's so much easier for them to be open and be honest and share with one another. So I had to really just kind of step back and assess my situation, which was I was already serving 99% females anyway. So the fact that I was so scared, it was just this mental block, this mindset issue that I, I couldn't exclude them or, or it would take away business. It really wasn't. It really didn't affect me. If anything, it made my community get larger because people were attracted to, wow, this is just a group for female entrepreneurs. So what were some questions that you asked yourself that helped you get past that block? For me, it was, who do I feel most comfortable working with? Who can I serve in the absolute best way, right? What were the strategies and things that I was going to be able to share? And for me, it's not about, with with she's building her empire, it's not just about, you know, building an income. It's also about an impact. It's about enjoying your life while you're on this journey. And a lot of times that productivity piece comes into play for me. And I wanted to be able to share that part of it too. So for me, productivity looks very different as a female, right? As a mother, as somebody who, you know, takes care of the household and and manages some of that. So I really felt like the best person for me to talk to was that female entrepreneur. Now you have two children, right? I think they're Tanner and Tanner and Tegan, right? Yep. And and I've always yep, I love so your husband's name four. Kent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. So we have a two little ones, an almost four year old, and then a sixteen month old. That's not easy to balance. I caregive for my mom full time, and I'm trying okay. to figure out how to balance work yeah. with her her needs because she has vascular mm-hmm. dementia. So you know, in ten seconds, she can ask you the same question a hundred times. And you just never know what her needs are going to be. So trying to figure that Mm -hmm. out. What piece of advice would you give my listeners for how to figure out how to balance their need to achieve with life? Yeah. Well, I want you to understand that everybody has a different need and fit for their family. So when people want to know what my schedule looks like, that makes me nervous because I don't want you to imitate my schedule because it's most likely not going to be a good fit for your family, right? So I do have two little ones at home that are not in school yet or anything like that. So I had to figure out what's a good fit for me. So I definitely kind of went back and forth with having this mom guilt of, do I put them in daycare? Do I put them in, you know, something so I can really get focused and work? Like I said, I was an entrepreneur for 10 years before I ever had kids, and I had built up these really successful businesses that needed me. You know, it was a full-time job. It wasn't something I could just, you know, do from home on the side. So for me, and this has changed over the years because now my, my oldest is almost four, but now they go to, they go to daycare, an in-home daycare, somebody that I've known for a very long time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And those three days are my big, big work days where I am just fully focused on work And then Tuesday, Thursday, they're home, but my husband is home um, on and off at certain times throughout the day where I have certain chunks blocked out for me that I can work. So my point is here, that feels right for me, and I can get what I need to get done in that time frame. You know, if you feel like you need to have Monday through Friday, you know, all day to yourself, then you need to find that time and figure out how that can happen. 
maybe you really want to be home with your kids while they're little and you want to be just working, you know, during naps or during, you know, while they're sleeping, that's fine. But it just, it needs to feel right for you. And, and I need to feel balanced and feel that I'm not being tor- like pulled in a million directions. Okay. Define balance for you. Balance for me is really just this feeling of I have enough time to be getting recharged and refueled, time to spend with my family, my friends, and I'm spending enough time in my work as well because I love working, so I really could work all day every day and be 100% happy, but there's going to be times where you're going to get burnt out. So I really just need this, this balance of, you know, feeling like, I have enough time on both sides of that, that I'm having fun and having time with my family and I'm not just solely focused on work or vice versa. Because if I was just, if I was a stay-at-home mom, I could tell you that I would not be truly happy with, with my life in general because I love the challenge. I love using my mind to go and create and to engage with my clients. And that is something that I think would feel like I was missing a piece of me. So I really needed to find that balance of, I'm spending enough time in both places. Okay. How would you define success? For me, it is doing what I want, when I want, with who I want. And that is as simple as it is. I like that. So so many people put a number value to success. Right. And then they never seem to be able to be happy at whatever that number is. Right. And there's some people that are, you know, they said, I, I need to make $10 million. They make it and they're like, yay. But then they make another goal of I have to make another $10 million or, or right. whatever. And they don't have that. Right. So tell me your definition of success again, because I just I love it. It's so beautiful. Yep. So doing what you want, when you want, with who you want. That's that's awesome. So listeners out there, are you doing what you want, when you want, with who you want? And if you're not... How can you begin to even touch one of those areas? Because remember what Stacy was speaking about at the beginning in our first segment, where she talked about, you know, you can set a 10-year goal, a five-year goal, but you also need to set a one-year goal and then set 90-day goals. I like 100-year goals. I mean, 100-year, 100, 100 that's funny. Um <laughs> I do a 100-day mentoring program where I work with somebody for 100 days. Um, I'm a believer in that 100-day versus the 90-day, mm-hmm. but a lot of people love the 90-day. And, and I think they're both great. I think anytime you take a bigger goal and break it down into a smaller segment makes it so manageable. So where, does, so where does that fit for you as listeners? What do you need to do towards one thing? It doesn't have to be all of them. So Stacy, how does somebody pick the first thing to start with? Do you mean the first goal to start with? Or yeah. The first task? The, okay. first, the first goal and the first task. Let's, let's go there. Okay. So for me, it's really just what am I most passionate about? And, and I have to set these goals so that it's, it's very well-rounded because my, my gut instinct is to make all business goals because I feel like everything else for me is great, but I just love the challenge of business. So I would set a million goals in business, but I really only want you to set a maximum of three to really focus on. Um, they always say, you know, if you have 20 goals, you have none because there's just, it's just too much. You will not have focus and you will just lose, you'll lose that direction that you want to head. So pick three goals. And I would say I do like picking a revenue goal 
not to be all about money, but it's something very easily that you can track. And I like that. I need it to be really able to be measured and tracked. So I do like having a revenue goal for 90 days or 100 days, whatever you do. I also like looking at things that might put um, more systematic approach to it. So maybe we need to hire somebody. Maybe we need to, you know, put other systems in place because you're doing too much, right? So it has to just have this kind of like this outlook of in 90 days from now, my life would be this much better if these three things happened. And it's just the first thing that come to mind. And then you just start kind of tweaking them a little bit to make them be something that's going to be a great fit for you. I, I use the word systematize or routinize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm trying to set my own goals right now, it's uh, protein, carbs, and fats. I've been trying mm. to um, systematize my eating <laughs> yeah. so they don't have to think about it. Okay, so we're going into our last commercial break, and I've had a couple of people um, reach out to me, and they really want to know how to um, connect with you. So can you share how they can find out about your Facebook Live and all the other stuff? Yeah, so you'll find me everywhere at Stacey Tushel, which I know is not the easiest to spell. So if you go to she'sbuildingherempire.com, it will redirect to that page right now. We, We are doing a brand new website coming up, but... Um, I have a Facebook group where I'm active in there daily, uh, and that is just She's Building Her Empire Club. And there's over 900 female entrepreneurs in there right now. It's a great community where we're very supportive and we collaborate and we, we're just there to help one another. All right, perfect. All right, we're going to go into our last commercial break now, and I'd like everybody to think about what would your three goals be? You need one that's going to be really measurable, maybe something for a system to get you there. But let's start really refining what we started talking about at the first break that Stacy hashed out. What are three goals that you want to fit for this year? And we'll be right back with more from the amazing Stacy Tushel talking about she's building her empire. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. Welcome back. We are here with Stacy Tushel. And uh, Stacy, just before the break, we were talking about, you know, setting up three goals. And I talked about systematizing or routinizing is, is the words I use. What tips can you share with my listeners to help them take their 90-day goals and implement them in their daily life? Yeah, that's one of the biggest problems I see is you can set the 90-day goals, but then all of a sudden, how do I get there? Or I, I hear people say, I'm not hitting them, so I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So what I like to do is, and this kind of kind of goes back to what we talked about of what's the right fit for your family. So how much time each day are you able to work on your 90-day goals? So this might sound like not very much, but for me, it's about two to three hours a day because there's a lot of other things I have planned in my day. So for instance, right now I'm being interviewed, you know, I don't have time to work on specifically those 90 day goals. So there's a lot of things that come into play. So when you have that amount of time, now we're looking at what can I do today to move towards those 90 day goals? So breaking them down into smaller bite-sized chunks for to go, I can get this done today in two hours, or I can get this done today in X amount of time. So I like that idea of having this realistic time where we break away from all of the technology with, you know, shutting down Facebook, shutting down your emails, not scheduling meetings or whatever you need to do, 
and just focus on actually hitting something. And I would say moving that needle forward. If it's not going to move this forward towards those big goals, don't work on it during your most productive time. Okay, so you have to figure out what your most productive time of day is. Mm-hmm. How did you yeah, figure absolutely. out what your most productive time of day was? For me, it is in the morning, but it's after. It's it's a little different because one, I get when I get back home and the kids are gone. Um, they're either at daycare or someplace like that, preschool. Now I'm home by myself, and it's usually from nine until noon. And what I like about that time is because it's during the morning. I don't need to check my email yet. I'm able to really dive in and do proactive work, meaning it's me, you know, actually doing everything. And then the reactive stuff, checking your email, jumping on Facebook, meetings with staff, that can happen in the afternoon. So it works well for me if I, if I do it in the morning and get it done with. So I know by the time it's over and I'm jumping into reactive work, my big stuff is done for the day already. Okay. Reactive work. We all, we all get it, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. It could be a kid. It could be an email a client sends you to drag you into their emergency that they created yeah. for themselves or that outside situations created for them. Um, what if you start getting that phone call during your block that you're planning on working on your goals and it's an urgent matter and you need to react to it. Do you react to it or do you not? My, my friend Bob Berg always says, never react, respond. Um, mm-hmm. And the founder of Go-Giver Academy and, and the Go-Giver book series, just brilliant man. But how, how do you recommend people handle those kind of things? Just say, no, sorry, I, don't, I won't do that during this time. So that's a great point. For me, I've trained the people around me. So my staff, my family, everybody knows that this morning time is the time that I'm working. So no, I don't have to turn my phone on silent when I'm doing stuff like this because my phone doesn't ever ring during those times because people don't call me during that time. You know, when you train the people around you to know afternoons are the best time to reach me, they will do it during those times, right? So the best part about that is I will answer my phone if it rings during those times because I know it really is an emergency and I need to figure out some, what's, what's going on. I own a lot of real estate, rental properties, um, and there really might be something that I need to attend to immediately. So I'm able to keep my phone on volume, which is not typical. Most people have to have their phone on silent during those times. Okay, so it sounds like it takes a lot of mental strength mm-hmm. to train people (laughs) because you have to train yourself to say, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. And you have to, so when somebody, here's a great example. So my team, I, in my brick and mortar business, I have 40 employees and there are managers. So there would not be an employee that would actually call me besides the general manager, but there is somebody who would constantly go, Hey, I'm calling in sick today. And here's the thing, like you said, you can react or respond. So for me, if I said, okay, no problem, I'll take care of it, that person's going to continue to reach out that way. But what I do is say, hey, I'm so sorry you're not feeling well. Make sure to reach out to your manager so we can properly take care of it and, and get everything situated. So when I'm training somebody how to do that, now, if they did it again, they probably won't do it again because they realize I really didn't help them, right? And they, they're thinking, she's not going to do anything. I need to go to this person. So you can train somebody very, very quickly, but it's all about you. If you let things go because it's the easier route and it's easier just to take care of it, you're not going to train anybody. So you're 100% right. It starts with you. And as soon as you're on board, you will train people very quickly. 
So it's also a matter of having the right other people around you that can take care of those things and not just taking it all on yourself all the time. Correct. Yeah. Other people or other systems that help you figure out when you're going to react to something like that. Okay. Um, Last thoughts that you want to share with my listeners around she around uh, the work you're doing with she's building her empire and and developing their business and setting mindsets? Yeah, definitely. Um, And I'll share one thing with you, too. Um, I have a free resource if anybody's interested. We just did this amazing five-day challenge called Plan to Profit, and it was phenomenal. We did it live, but we still have it going where you can dive in, watch the videos, and get active in our Facebook group to have that kind of accountability. Um, and it's just plan to profit challenge.com. You can spell it to either way if it's T-O or the number two. So plan to profit challenge.com. And it's just a five-day challenge to setting that yearly goal and then working your way back to setting your 90 days. So it's a really great way to do that. Um, my advice, though, is just because all of this can be very overwhelming, one step at a time, right? There's, there's nothing that is built in a day. I guess I have 40 employees, but I hired them one person at a time, right? I didn't, I didn't hit six figures or seven figures before I hit six, and before six came five and came four. So just think, you know, you will get there, but you have to hit one milestone at a time, and that's all it's going to take. You sound like Jonathan at Relentless Dietetics here in town. He keeps telling me, Laura, you'll hit your protein goal one gram at a time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so one milestone at a time. I, I love that. So hit a three-figure goal if you need to first, and then a four, yeah. and then a five, and a six, and a seven. That's so great. Once again, how do people reach out to you? I know we've got the five-day challenge, which is plantoprofitchallenge.com, and that's free for people to go to. But how do they best find out about working with you and the work you do and other resources that you have on your site? Yeah, so just go to she'sbuildingherempire.com. And that'll be the best place to reach me. Um, it's going to have a ton of free content, um, I'm, tons of videos. I'm doing three podcasts a week, three Facebook Lives a week minimum. So there's a lot of things coming up every single week if you want to dive into any of that. And you can get all those resources right at she'sbuildingherempire.com. Yeah, right on my website, yep. And there's like a work with me section so you can see what I offer and all of that as well. That's perfect. I love it. Thanks so much for being on my show today, Stacey. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Remember, everybody, the right questions truly can change your life. And if you're having some trouble figuring out the questions to ask, reach out to me about my 100-day mentoring program or just email me, laura at laurastewart.com, and let me know how I can best help you because this new year is going to be your year. Remember, the right questions can change your life, everyone. Have a great day. Listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.